Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech Asia Pacific series. As in Voice of Fintech podcast so far, here you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, corporate innovators, investors, ecosystem hub leaders from or close to the world of fintech. Asia Pacific series will be hosted by amazing hosts based in the region, speaking to the leaders from Asia Pacific. Here is another one hosted by Angela. Hi, I'm Angela, co-founder and CEO of Natarum, and today's host of the Voice of Fintech Asia-Pacific podcast. Today, we are taking a trip down south to Wellington, New Zealand. Not only is it the world's southernmost capital city, it is also the home to Brooke and her company, Sharesies. Sharesies gives you access to invest in thousands of companies and funds in New Zealand and the US, and their app makes having an investment portfolio easy, no matter how much money you have. Hi, Brooke, and welcome to the show. Kia ora koutou. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today, Brooke. One of the reasons I love hosting this podcast is meeting the founders of companies I love and use myself. Sharesies is certainly one of those companies, and it's unique in so many ways, one of which, though, is your leadership structure and your title of 3EO. Tell us a bit about how that came to be. Yeah, I think there's a really interesting story there, and I think I might start from the start of it to just provide some context. So essentially, the 3EOs, which are three of us that share the executive office of functions uh, were the first uh, three founders to go full-time on Sharesies four years ago. And uh, there's six of us that founded Sharesies and Leighton, Sonia and I are the three EOs and also directors of Sharesies too. So essentially the story is that we, I was uh, the sole CEO for three and a half years, but six, uh, around for six months, we've done this 3EO model and I was coming back from maternity leave and Leighton and Sonia were co-CEOing and I, I thought that was going pretty well. And I was like, why don't we, all three of us, give it a shot? And it's been really good, especially because we're in that hyper growth phase. We've got really high trust with each other. We know each other's strengths and we have really great discussions and great decision-making strategies around why this 3EO really works for Sharesies. And yeah, it's been it's been a blast and it's quite a lot of fun sharing the load in that regard. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you talked a little bit about trust before within your co-founding team. So is that something you've built up over time through knowing each other for a long time or did you meet close to the beginning of Sharesies and built that through the Sharesies? And there's, so there's six of us that founded Sharesies and two of us in relationships and have been for a while. So I guess there was trust in that, in that way. But actually all of the founders didn't know each other. We, yeah, it was like this weird wicked web of how it all came together but essentially the initial idea behind Sharesies came from Sonia who was like tossing up with what she could be doing with $50 to get ahead and it just felt there wasn't really any opportunity to develop wealth and you may as well just spend it on dinner because what else are you going to do with it there's low interest rates um, so I didn't feel like it was going to do much for you in the bank home ownership was coming more and more unattainable uh, unattainable and more and more expensive and she got talking to my husband Leighton who started an investment club with a bunch of his friends when he was 15, 17 years old, where they put $50 away each week. And it started with putting $50 away each week together in a bank account and then ended up buying a cow because they're from rural New Zealand. And then over time and years later, they've gone into commercial property and a sustainable chicken farm in the Philippines and all these things just from that $50 each a week. And I was like, oh, well, you can do something with that. But you shouldn't have to be laden's mate. To, in order for that to be an opportunity for you. So we got together with developers and um, designers and the, one of the designer is Ben, who's also Sonia's partner. And we we really thought there's no reason that someone with $5 can't have the same opportunities to invest as say someone with $5 million. And 
with the technology available today, that should be a possibility. And everyone really deserves an equal opportunity to to develop their wealth and feel like they can get ahead, you know, with their goals in life. And so we rallied around and decided, yeah, we want to solve this. We want to create a solution here. And then we spent six months doing pure customer research and seeing if people wanted to be an investor and what were the barriers that stopped them and what what were their feelings around money and how did money play in their life and were they already an investor with their superannuation or, their, and, uh, or did they feel like one? And we got all of that rich insight that helped us go, yep, this is worth quitting our day jobs and making sure these come to life. And that's what uh, Sonia Layden and I did first up. Well, you've certainly opened up the market to a, a sort of a new breed of investor. And I think you just mentioned before that a lot of people are first-time investors. Do you have an idea of how many of your customers are first-time investors on the app? There's a real array and I don't have a specific uh, percentage at the moment, but we, when we first started, we definitely had a lot more people who were just getting into investing and saw that we had removed the price barrier. So we've made the minimum investment in any of the investment options we provide at one cent. So you can invest in companies listed on the US stock exchanges, on the New Zealand stock exchange, and very soon the Australian stock exchange. You can invest in companies and funds. We've made the minimum investment one cent because we really wanted to move that, remove that price barrier. That was some of that real key insight we got around the barriers that people faced around investing. They felt priced out. So we wanted to remove that. Then second, they felt jargoned out that you needed a degree in it in order to become an investor, or you needed to know heaps and, and always be in the know. And, and there's all this jargon in this world that makes it feel like it's not accessible for everyone. And so we wanted to create a platform where we just use everyday language and break down terms and make it super simple and take away a lot of that fear when it comes to investing. And then the third barrier we saw too from that all that research we did talking to people was that they really felt left out. Like the financial system was really only set up for the wealthy few and not for everyone. And a lot of people were left out. And so we wanted to create a really inclusive brand that felt like it is a place for everyone and anyone can be an investor, no matter how much you've got or how much experience you've got. So uh, initially we got a lot of new, we introduced a lot of new people to investing and we still do to this day, but also we're getting a lot of people who are experienced investors who want a really easy, fun, intuitive way of of knowing how the investments are performing and tracking their portfolio. And so we really do have a wide range of experience to new investors on our platform. You've definitely taken a lot of the the stuffiness out of the industry, which I think we, we all appreciate because as, as you mentioned, it is an alienating experience. I think when you talk to a lot of these like career finance people or career traders sort of thing, I think this a really interesting point you raised about how, about the communication style you use and you've really heavily identified your, your key markets or your key customers. And I know from using the app, it's a really kind of informal conversation style, but you're still aiming it at those kind of that generation that's very informed, but a little bit more informal, but also very ambitious. So I'd love to know a little bit about, uh, you know, your, how you develop communications internally and how you keep it really, really accessible, but you don't tip into that tacky communication style either. So how much is that, that have you worked through as a team and how do you keep that so well balanced? Yeah, our founding purpose that guides us is that we want to create the most financially empowered generation. And when I say generation, I don't mean an age. We don't mean an age. We mean people who want to engage with their money in a digital way, essentially. And so we knew that we we wanted to create the new way of investing. And so that's not obviously just for newbies. That's like new for everyone. And to do that, we want to give someone with $5 the same investment opportunity as $5 million to really break those barriers down. And with all of that, that is our guiding principle with everything we do. If this is somebody's first time, if this is, if this is this speaking to somebody with who's just getting started and making sure that we're always breaking down that terminology and just being real human, speaking to people like we would in our 
family or friends or or the wider community and just really making sure that we are living true to our purpose and that vision and everything we do. And I think that just ultimately has enabled us to not go down, I guess, that other avenue you're talking about and just keep it real. Keeping it real for sure. That really brings me around to the next point, which is you are, Shezis is a certified B Corp. And for those that are not super familiar, a certified B Corp is a business that meets the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, transparency and accountability. And they really aim to balance profit and purpose. So tell us a bit about your journey becoming a certified B Corp and how much of that really is in the DNA of of everything you do. Yeah. So being a certified B Corp is really important to us. And essentially as a B Corp, you're attesting that you're put you're for purpose and profit and that your purpose is at the heart of your decision making. And as I was talking about before, I guess that's a good example of where that comes to life and never losing that guiding principle. And so we we knew where, as a founding group when we started Shearsies that as Shearsies, we knew we're creating a company, not just a product. And there's so much behind a company and what we wanted, how we wanted to change the ways that companies ran too as part of this journey. And being a B Corp and being part of that community is a really important part of that. And that accreditation, like I said, it is, it is a really high bar and every year it gets higher and higher, which is great. And floating tide rate rises all ships. And I think that's, <laughs> I think that's really true with that B Corp community too. Yeah. It's, it's a way that we can accredit it really ensure as a company scales that we're always keeping that purpose at the heart of everything we do. And that is to actually create this most financially empowered generation. Which I think is a super ambitious goal, which is incredible to see an organization really commit to. I just wanted to bring the conversation around to little old New Zealand and founding a company there. And New Zealand has, and I love that you raised the idea of farm animals before, because New Zealand has a population of 5 million and 27 million sheep, which I think is a fantastic <laughs> stat. But it's also home to some of the most stunning natural beauty. And I think because it is so physically isolated, it, but it really does punch above its weight globally in terms of innovation and its, you know, commitment to change, those sorts of things. Many attribute this to that number eight wire mentality. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about this and how you've used that, that throughout the development of Sharesies. Yeah, I think there's a, a strong mindset towards something's broken, fix it or find a way. Um, where there's a will, there's a way is mantra I've always had, but I, I definitely have heard that throughout my life. And uh, I guess throughout the kind of, Kiwi philosophy, but essentially that, yeah, we, we have been a test market for some of the biggest brands out there as a country of 5 million. And it's probably, I, I think I've heard, you know, Coca-Cola have used us to test new products before. And I think it's a great place to create a business and, and see how it scales and learn really quickly. And especially for us, we've always had international ambitions, but we are a founding team from Aotearoa and we knew that we knew the communities around us and we had that great research and we saw the real need here that it were it felt right to start it here and start Jesus here and see how we could change this world and make investing really accessible and build really confident and motivated investors who can now engage in this world. And that was really important to us. And now we have over 340,000 investors who've invested over a billion or currently have over a billion invested. And that's great. And it's really great to see that's made up of a lot of people who are building their portfolio one payday at a time with the amounts they can afford. And now as we're moving into Australia, we see like great opportunity there too. And I have learned a lot here and we'll also learn a lot there and um, doing all of that research and everything that we did in New Zealand to start with, we've, we've done that and continue to do that in Australia too. So. so that's been pretty incredible growth from zero to a billion dollars under asset, assets under management over the period of just over four years. What do you think have been some of those keys to success that you've really seen that have helped the Sharesies journey become, you know, such a firecracker? I think building trust really early on was, a, was an important part of that. And that word of mouth and that referral with people sharing their stories and sharing using Sharesies and feeling 
so excited about now being able to be an investor and call themselves an investor and have that confidence and control and see the conversations that are, can be unlocked, let alone like around dinner tables now with families to workplaces that have groups to chat about investing and shares. It's just fantastic to see the, how so much of that, when we were doing that research four years ago, there was so much taboo and so much negativity around money and real feeling like you couldn't get ahead to now heaps more sharing of insights and knowing when you're talking, when you're saying you're an investor, it doesn't mean you've got heaps of money. It's just like I'm using cheersies and you could have heaps of money, but it doesn't matter anymore because you can share this insight and seeing those conversations unlock, I think have been massive in terms of our ability to grow. Um, but also I know we've had a really big impact there in, in the society in, in order to break down those barriers. And there's still a lot more that we can be doing and are doing. But yeah, I think that's that's a key part of how, how our growth has happened there. But building that trust too and working closely with the regulators here in New Zealand early on to make sure we're building a product that worked with inside the regulatory framework it needed to. And also we had a strong shareholder base here who really wanted to see Shearsies come to life and see this world become more accessible. And so that's been really help that's really been helpful in order for us to scale and get the growth we've um, been able to achieve today too. So I think there's a, a myriad of things, but in that is three. Yeah. And I think so it's, it's, it, I can understand why your your customers would have been excited about Shearsies, the journey when you were in the ideation phase. But I think one of the main reasons that they love you now is that the app is just so easy to use and you do feel so empowered, you know, using it. So I guess a lot of this is a testament to your design team and your UX. Talk us through how you play this internally and how important this is to the conversations around your product roadmap and, and where you plan to take Shazies next. Yeah, so we yeah we started as a founding team of six of us, and now there's around 130 of us at Shazies, and that's and that's growing too. And it's in every role that this is important. I think that people join knowing joining because of our purpose and wanting to see that come to life. And so every role at Shazies has an opportunity to make a real impact in this space, which is great. And yeah, so I think in terms of the product roadmap space, we've always really cared about making sure investing is accessible. And also building really confident and motivated investors. And that, that extends outside a product, but providing that access, confidence and, uh, and motivation is really important because investing is a long game and removing those barriers around just getting started to building your confidence over time. And as confidence grows, different kind of investment strategies change. Your investment strategies might change or different ways you want to develop your wealth. And we want to be the platform that grows with you too. And so that's really at the core of how we designed it. And again, making sure that it feels like it can be for everyone, that it isn't an exclusive place. It's an inclusive place and the doors are wide open. Everyone's welcome. <laughs> Everyone's welcome. What a beautiful kind of, uh, I guess, ambition for Shazies. To open those doors, though, you obviously need to activate the stock exchanges. I'd love to hear a little bit about how this process, has, how you've undertaken this process and I guess some of, the, some of the key challenges and how you've overcome them really going through that disruption phase yeah, we were the first people to bring the fractional investing to the New Zealand Stock Exchange. And if I go back to what I was talking about before, like our purpose and our vision really driving our conversations, this is a great example of it. We, It wasn't something that existed, but we really wanted to make sure that people with $5 had the same investment opportunities as someone with $5 million. So when we're talking to partners or we're talking to regulators about how we can make that possible, it, and every conversation is like, okay, yeah, but how would that work for someone with $5? Or how would, you know, and always bringing it back to that, like, oh, true. Okay, maybe we need to do this differently. And that was a really great way of shaping those conversations and for us to um, be able to unlock those barriers and um, bring fractional investing to New Zealand and looking, and that's what we're 
wanting to do in Australia too. So I think there's so many ways that comes to life, but probably that's the, the, the clearest example I have in my mind at the moment of when you, that, that vision we had and having to bring that conversation to our partners and our regulators and this financial system in order to make it possible for anyone to be able to be an investor or invest the way they want to. There's certainly, yeah, certainly a lot of moving parts between all of those different groups that you just mentioned. So I guess... Yeah, very complex. And we want to make sure from a customer, from an investor's perspective on our platform that it feels simple as, and you don't, we deal with the complexity and we make it simple. And, and yeah, for our New Zealand customers, we really help on the tax front too. And we'll be working more towards that in Australia also. We just want to make it as simple for people to, again, take away the, that fear, any, as much element around, that people have around fear of investing. And, and it's really important that it just shouldn't be that complicated or that hard for people. And so we do as much as we can in the background to make sure that we take this whole complex finance system and make it simple as. <laughs> that's, no, that's great. And it's great to see how much work goes into the background. But you've also got quite a lot of work being undertaken in the, the foreground as well in terms of your education. So you've got obviously your blog that has a wealth of information in it. How important is this education piece to Sharesies, but also balancing not providing financial you know, investment advice or investment suggestions? How do you balance, balance that as an organisation? Yeah, so we... Talking uh, about creating confident and motivated investors, that education and that what we do with our podcast to our weekly webinars where we interview um, CEOs that again end up on our podcast to blogs to events around the countries we're in. It's really important to us and it's really important to help build that confident and motivated investors essentially. And we've invested in that from really day one uh, since we started and have grown it and will continue to grow that area of our business too. And we see it as really important. And a lot of it, pretty much all of it is uh, open and free to anyone. We put no barriers around that insight and that context. I think it's really important that anyone can feel like they can be an investor, even if they're investing or not. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you extend that to the next generation as well. So you, you also have some sort of facilities for kids to get their dip their little toes in and take on the investing challenge. How can let me talk me through that journey and how that works with that kind of next generation? Yeah, that's really, yeah. So on New Zealand, uh, in New Zealand, we have customers from zero to 97 years old, which is great. And uh, you can start an account for, for a baby as soon as you've got their birth certificate and their, you know, tax number here in New Zealand and we'll work on adding kids accounts in Australia too. But it's really important because when it comes to investing, one of the most valuable aspects of money is time. And if uh, people can and kids can get exposure and learn about investing at a young age and also get the ability to put that pocket money away into investments while they're, while they're learning too and build that over time, you know, what an incredible financial empowered generation that will be. So uh, absolutely. And much better than spending $50 on dinner. Yeah, exactly. And I think or you can get your lollies and or your candy and, and have a growing investment portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's great too for, to, as a tool for parents or well-meaning adults to have conversations with kids about money and investing too. Excellent. So I guess you've talked a little bit about, you obviously started in New Zealand, so that was a really easy kind of decision about to open there. You're from New Zealand, but you've also chosen to expand into the US and obviously now Australia. How have you chosen these markets and what kind of considerations did you put in terms of when you decided which markets to step into next? So we haven't expanded into the US, but we offer access to the US, three of the US stock exchanges on our platform. And we offer that in New Zealand and Australia. But ever since day one, we knew that there was quite a, quite a bit of a global opportunity here. And we work in a really regulated environment. So any market we move into, we need to make sure that we're compliant and working within the 
regulatory framework of that market. And Australia is the market we're uh, in at the moment. And we've got some beta customers over there at the moment. And we'll start uh, rolling out a public launch in the coming weeks, which is quite exciting. And we've partnered with a company over there too and operating under their, their license and have started Australian entities and all that sort of jazz. It's been, yeah, it's been a great journey there. And I think when you're looking at new markets, it's, it's really important to look at it through fresh eyes going, what does this market, what does Australia need? What do Australians need? What would make them financially empowered? And then what have we got now and what do we not have and in terms of what they need and adapting our product we needed in order to suit that market. And so we've done a lot of that work in a, continuing to and it's really exciting to see the growth that we're starting to get in Australia and know that there's heaps more to come. Very, very cool. So I guess from your perspective, from the global perspective, they talk about the un- underbanked quite often in terms of people that don't have access to adequate financial um, banking, but you're looking at, at it from the opportunity of the untraded, I guess. And so when you say you're doing a lot of the customer validation work that you did in the beginning in New Zealand, it sounds like you're continuing to do that for each new market. And how important is that to developing the strategy or the, the where to next kind of conversations at Sharesies? Oh, yeah, really important. And I think it's uh, continuously doing that research too. So every year we do research in each of the markets we're in to, to see if there's any changes in some of the key information we look, insights that we look for in terms of are people feeling confident about investing and motivated to even know what investing is? Do they think it's accessible to them? Heaps of questions. And that's really great because that shows the kind of impact we could be having or where we could have more of an impact. And we said in New Zealand, there's about 20% of New Zealanders um, own shares and in Australia is around like 30% of Australians. And, and in the US, it's more like 50. So you know that 50% of um, people in America own shares. So there's so much more opportunity for people to become an investor, even just know that their superannuation, they're already investors uh, and paying a bit of attention to that too. Yeah, that's been really important to us and continually building insights and refining our product and adapting and is so crucial, I think, to any business to stay relevant, but also just to make sure that they are having the impact that they set out to have. Absolutely. And I think this the, the idea of an adaptation is so important when it comes to, you know, fintech particularly. How has the response been from more of the incumbent type traditional industry, though, to your presence? Is it a welcome breath of fresh air or an ability to challenge their own operations? Or have you seen kind of a who are these kind of upstart kind of conversations? How has that played out for you guys? It's a real mix, to be honest. I would say at the start there was, and continuing actually, that there's been heaps of support. We're like, oh, that's a great idea. Why didn't we think of that? And would love to see that happen. And friends of mine in the finance industry, people we work with in the past going, oh, it's so good. Now I can talk to people in my family or friends and then they actually are interested in what I do. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's a lot of conversation for them, which is good because investing has come all to the masses now, which is great. I think it's a lot more relatable these days as well. When it is accessible, yeah. everyone can have a, have a crack. And I know that I've seen a lot of people that are treating their sharesies account, interest rates are so low at the moment that they're treating their sharesies as more of a bank account because they can get in and it is so liquid. Are you seeing a lot of that as well in your customer base? I think there's so many different investment strategies on our platform, eh? And I think we offer a range of investment options from lower risk to higher risk too. So I think I, yes, I, we are and we're seeing people who are just, who build it every payday or they are. Um, making putting all their savings in there it's just honestly such an array of ways that people use sharesies that's brilliant you really built a fantastic uh, fantastic app and a fantastic business around that as well so we thank you so much for your time today um, brooke and we we wish you well on your aim to build the most financially empowered generation thank you so much for your time today thank you so much for having me too thank you for listening to voice of fintech podcast If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com 
where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.